From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 782, What Happened to Windows 10X, with guest Paul Therott. Recorded Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts, LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Two old guy, two grumpy old guys <laughs> complain about Windows. Is that's what we're doing today? Yeah, <laughs> my friend Paul is back. He used to be an award-winning journalist. Now he's just an angry, angry man. <laughs> you curmudgeon, you. But I'm Go looking at. I've been looking at what's going on in Windows, and I thought, oh, I really got to talk to Paul about this. But before I do that, I also have to read a comment of our past show that we did together, which was, okay. you know, during mid-pandemic last year, July of 2020. Yeah. And we, oddly enough, we were talking about Windows. In fact, the opening statement on the abstract of show 705 is two old guys bicker about Windows. So <laughs> there, there you go. Okay. And, and this right. this comment comes from Shmuley Inglard, who uh, has been a long time listener to the show. Actually, I think I I think I know this. You gentleman. may have encountered him. He's out of New York, and uh, his comment. Of course, we're talking about the you know the state of the Windows industry and so forth. And he says, one, the Insider program is better at feature feedback than bug finding. I think, which I thought was an actual fair. very reasonable insight. Actually, because that's what we were talking about. They need to test, and they're just not testing. Um, no, that has never been fixed. Yeah. That's still not fixed. Yep. Number two, yep. the Surface Pro is very common in airplane cockpits. I used to remember what airplane cockpits look like, but I don't yep. anymore. But yeah, also, like, there's a lot. It's also common in the NFL as well. Like, there's a lot of hardware around. That's true. And number three, and this will be the controversial one, I still can't see the web as a solution to the right ones run everywhere and the like. Every five to wow. ten years, we make the web the platform and then fail and then try again. On top of this, I wonder if we're just trading one set of problems for another. Oh, well, that's always the case with technology. Inevitably. One thing. But I, I would just say with regards to the web, I mean, the web as a platform has advanced dramatically in yes. recent years. And uh, I, I do personally view it as the solution to that right once run everywhere problem that Java was going to solve back. Yeah, in, I think it's got a better yeah. shot at it. But I think the biggest thing the web's got going forward is the installation was already done. It was the browser. That's right. Right. Like that's the main thing is because installing software on computers is hard. And as I get more and more sucked into the tinfoil hat old man IT guy that I'm clearly growing into, installing software on computers is also evil. So yes. the idea that I have a security context that I'm already comfortable with in the form of the browser and that's where the corporate apps come and go from, sign me up, man. Like it is super hard yeah. to argue against that. 100%. I, 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 you know, we live in a world of technology enthusiasts. So there will always be the argument that will come from a corner somewhere. Someone will say, yeah, but, and they have some specific. Yeah, sure. and, yeah absolutely. Some I, people like installing software on grumpy computers. <laughs> that's true. Those are strange yep. people and we love them, but that's, I a, mean, it's, yeah, it's a thing. I've updated Windows so much it's become my career. I mean, is that what <laughs> I signed on for? You know, managing updates? I, I, this is not know. what your high school counselor told you you'd be doing for a living. Hey. Well, we were talking before the show. I mean, what this all boils down to is, you know, technology was supposed to make life easier, not set you off on some separate path. Yeah, uh, just triggered. You're continually engaged. And this thing has nothing to do with your core role. Not at all. It might be. This is not what I was supposed to be doing today. Shmuley, yeah. 
haven't seen you in ages. I hope you and, and yours are well and love to send you a Run As Radio mug. And if you'd like a Run As Radio mug, write a comment on the website at runasradio.com or on the LinkedIn's or the Facebooks. If I read your comment from there on the show, I'll send you a mug. Do you've got a mug? Don't you have a mug? You must have a mug. I, I still do not have a mug. Oh, That's okay. Now I'm not as burned about it as I was last year. I think I think I told you my Jeffrey Snover story. I was listening to some of your old shows and <laughs> – he says something about some number of mugs, and I was like, what do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've also found your own source of cheesies now, so your anger level is <laughs> generally lower. You're paying a premium yes. for Amazon yes. cheesies, but at least you get your own cheesies. <laughs> Look, I you know, I think we all adapted during the pandemic. Yes, we do. have to survive. I, we do I appreciate do. your wife's ability to take something as trivial as Canadian snacks and make it into a really quite good article about better living like i read that and i'm like man yeah. that's some skills there it's tough for me uh, that stephanie my wife is uh, now linking to stuff she writes on facebook because it will just uh, reveal me to be the fraud that i am <laughs> you know ever more obviously um you know, like yesterday, she's on the phone all day. Like she talks to doctors, nutritionists, you know, she real research, people, people who've had, but yeah, actual research. And, um, you know, I'm used to, so I'm used to, this is our lives, you know? So I said yesterday, yesterday she said, Oh, I got this and this going on. And, and I, she's writing an article about introverts and extroverts. And she says, I'm talking to my extrovert today. And I said, who's that? And she says, Andrew. And I said, Andrew Zarian, the guy I do a podcast with. <laughs> she goes, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's cute of you two to tell me you're doing this. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, okay, have a good talk. You know, have a good talk with Andrew. Right? Our significant others have relationships with our friends that mm -hmm. have nothing mm -hmm. to do with us. Exactly. <laughs> at exactly. all. Uh, well, and with me traveling so much, it's been on occasion where Stacy has literally gone to a party with one of my friends. <laughs> Uh, right. One of right. which happened to be divorced at the time. And then sometime later, I'm having dinner with him and another friend. And he said, hey, who is that woman you're with at Hort's party? And she goes, his wife. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're all fine. We're, everything's fine. Yep. It's good. I wanted to talk about Windows X. And the X clearly yep. doesn't stand for 10. It stands for EX. <laughs> e so. EX? Um, yeah. Hmm. <sighs> you're... You know, here, here's what I'll say. I, okay. And, you know, you, you kind of presented this like two old guys complaining about Windows. I mean, uh, let me start off on a, on a We happy don't have note. a choice, right? That's what we're going to end up doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been beaten down for a few years now. Yeah. Um, you know, in my career, uh, I've looked at what Microsoft has done. And, of course, we all know the NT example. And NT was alongside Windows 3X and DOS, mm -hmm. actually, at the time. and kind of became windows you know and now the windows we know today is is nt essentially but microsoft has been trying smaller engineering efforts since then to streamline what they have with windows into these other more you know more reliable safer uh, uh more efficient operating systems right windows mm -hmm. rt was maybe the first of those uh, that came to fruition and failed windows 10s and s mode you know windows 10 on arm and then windows 10x and i in almost all of those cases said, this could be the future. This is the next NT, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really good at that kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> none of those have panned out. And I, I, there's still some hope for some of these things, I guess, still. Uh, I don't think 10X is ever going to see the light of day. And It sure seems to be the rumor mill now, running. 
Yeah, so Microsoft today finally acknowledged Windows 10X. And when the news broke, this was probably less than two weeks ago, uh, that they were going to kill it. Uh, Brad, uh, the guy I work with at uh, Patreon Throt, mm-hmm. um, Sam's, uh, talked to Microsoft, and, and they kind of gave him the lowdown on what they did say today, which was, we're not actually going to say it's dead, but... It's not exactly alive. <laughs> it's dead. And yeah, the way they're, the way they've, they're saying it, you can, you can kind of, you know, pick and choose the words that are most important is uh, instead of bringing windows 10 X to market in 2021, like we originally intended. And by the way, they originally intended that for 2020, but whatever, right. Um, we're going to leverage the things that we've learned and accelerate the integration of key foundational 10 X technology into windows, windows 10 uh, mainstream windows 10. Now, they never ever talked about integrating key foundational 10x technology into Windows, so that's actually news. Yeah, uh, and then they gave some really um, you know uninteresting examples of things that maybe started off in 10x and are available in uh, 10 today or will be maybe in the future. Um, uh, okay, but here's the thing: so you know, Windows is what it is. You know, it is a we could call it a traditional desktop operating system. Some people might use the word legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the primary app platform that sits under all apps written for Windows today, Win32, dates back now, what, 25 years or yep. more? Something like that. Yes. And, um, you know, it has problems. It, it uh, Poorly written apps, it's the Wild West. They can impact the battery life, the reliability, the performance of the system. It's easy to install malicious software through Win32, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, you know, Microsoft, as you know, I mean, they've been working on sort of that .NET was, is, it was, and is in many ways, um, uh, one answer to this problem. Mm-hmm. Although it, when Windows, of course, sits on top of Win32. And uh, I, I, I kind of like the tennis model. Um, you know, the idea that we're going to restrict access to those apps. I feel like there should be an exception list so that you, can, you as an adult or an admin will say on the system can say, look, I'm going to, I'm, I'm on board with the security subsystem here. I just want to run Chrome or I just want to run yeah. iTunes. Well, actually, that's in the store. It's a bad example. But some grumpy piece of software that is considered oh, traditional. And by the way, some of it's important. I mean, I, I have a particular brand of printer scanner combo device. Yep. It has this utility software I have to install. Otherwise, I can't print to the edge of the paper. I can't do whatever special features are in there. And that's a Win32 app. Right. You know? Um, and so I, I, I wish Microsoft had gone down that route. My advice to them is to pursue that. Um, but when 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 10x was another attempt, you know, another way. Uh, so aside from the uh, you know different UI uh, and its supposed um, uh, <laughs> um, path to working on different types of devices that are not traditional PCs, which was since rescinded. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the the core of that is the component, uh, not, uh, rather the containerization. I right. guess we'll call it of the operating system, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to separate the uh, the core of the OS, the the UWP uh, stuff and then the Win32 stuff into their own containers. That's an interesting solution. This is a a way to allow legacy Win32 software run on this platform and protect the platform from those apps if they're malicious. Sure. I mean, that's uh, the whole thing like, like let me put those old Win32 apps in containers with very specific boundaries. That's really mm-hmm. all I actually need. Yeah. Now there are other approaches. You could run this stuff remotely, uh, mm-hmm. and Microsoft is working on that as well. We know that. VDI. And, and others are. Uh, virtual machines. You know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of other uh, solutions. But I I, uh, I always, I looked at that and I thought, you know, if this works, that should become Windows, right? Mm-hmm. Or that feature should be brought into Windows. And uh, and when you, a word like works is important because works means a lot of things. It has to perform just as well or well enough. It has to be 
compatible enough. You know, yeah. it can't be compatible with 70% of the apps. It has to be compatible with, you know, 90 something percent yes. of the apps. And, um, that was the bar they did not meet. And so the last update we had gotten about 10 X, which I'd have to really think about that maybe last November or something like that. Yeah. December, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They said, look, uh, 10 X is going to, now it's going to be next year. Um, uh, we're not going to have Win 32 in the first release, but we're still planning that for a future release. And it, again, you know, given that it wasn't going to ship on necessarily on uh, mainstream PCs. Okay. That might be okay. But that also leads to the question. Well, what is the point of this thing again? What, what problem? No, I mean, what problem does it solve, right? And I, and not from Microsoft, because the problem it solves for Microsoft is it's an answer to Chromebook, and it's an answer to this yeah. legacy stuff we've been talking about. But what 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 does it solve for customers? You know, customers broadly, customers of Microsoft include PC makers and corporations of all sizes, commercial customers, and individuals, right? Like what? Why why would we choose this thing over what we already have, yeah. and why would we choose it over Chrome OS, frankly? Well, exactly. If all you're going to do is try and match Chrome OS, buy Chrome OS. I mean, at least you'll be unhappy in a place that more people are unhappy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like a Microsoft version of Chrome OS to me is a little bit like a Microsoft version of Chrome, which is what Edge is, right? Uh, right. It's that product stripped of the Google invasive stuff and then padded on with some Microsoft functionality, which you may or may not want. I'm, I happen to be okay with yeah. it uh, from Edge. Um, but when you compare Chrome OS to what my, uh, 10X would have been, I mean, there's, there is one crucial missing feature there on the Microsoft side, and that's Android app compatibility. Right. Whether or not that's yeah. viable or good or bad or indifferent or whatever, I guess everyone has their own opinion on that. Um, I've seen mixed results there, I guess. But it is there. It is a feature they can kind of check off on a list. And I think a lot of schools in particular might have come to Microsoft and said, yeah, we we get it, but... <laughs> we kind of need, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it speaks to the valid point here, which is that this legacy of software, which is the burden they're trying to shift, is also their value proposition, right? I, I yep. Nobody cares about the operating system anymore, it seems, really, at least at the consumer level. They just want to run the stuff they want to run, full stop. So glad you just said that. Um, I, I, look, I'm, and I want to be clear here, I am a Windows enthusiast. I routinely try out mac os uh, i routinely use uh, chrome os even i don't use linux all that much i have in the past i'm gonna i'm gonna look into that again a little bit more this year but i i'm open-eyed about this i know that familiarity helps um but i i, I every time i use another platform i i, I want to go back to windows i actually i am that person so yeah whatever you think of that that's fine but what you just said is true. It is absolutely true. Uh, I think for most people, it's interesting that the more valuable thing here in this equation isn't the operating system, it's those apps. Mm -hmm. And uh, in some cases, those apps have versions on the web that are okay for some people, like the office apps. Uh, in some cases, they don't. You know, and it, it just depends. And I, I'm, this is semi-facetious, but it wouldn't it be better, generally speaking, if you could have a system like Linux run Windows 10 apps in a container or however they're going to do it and have it yeah. be compatible and performance than the reverse, <laughs> right? Which is what we have. In well, they, I keep looking at the windows subsystem for Linux getting better and better and better. And yeah. that capability, which mostly is pretty dev centric, but oh, it's yeah. like, what if the shell that Linux has been looking for all its life is, is windows. windows? Yeah. This is how they yeah. get success on the mm -hmm. desktop. Um, yeah, it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you probably have more of an opportunity to talk to developers that might or might not find WSL enough of a reason to stick with Windows. Um, 
Well, what it's finding is you're spending less time in a Linux box, wrestling yeah. with a Linux box back and forth. It's about shortening dev cycle. It's like, yeah, hey, we're deploying go. onto Linux because the company likes Linux boxes in the cloud. It saves money. That's and fine. My because dev of tools, developer you know, workstation, it's kind of neat to be able to run mainstream apps and do that stuff you have to do for work rather than have yeah. two machines, one and, for each, you know. Yeah, and that, that's what ends up happening. Or you're rebooting all the time. Like, or you have multiple computers. Like, that, that's the battle. That's all great. And, you know, WSOL is great. Um, they're bringing terminal to Windows. That's great. Mm -hmm. They're bringing the ability to run Linux GUI apps on Windows. It's like, okay. Um, that's weird. Why? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. other than you Because can. we were really missing our Linux GUI apps. That's what yeah, we there, were missing. There, what is, right. What is the... What's the one Linux GUI app that, you know, you're missing in Windows? Exactly? It's the eyeballs following your mouse around. Yeah. That's the, the one. Touch app. Racer. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Like, what? what I don't know. It's so weird. But, I mean, there's no reason not to do it. I, I don't, you know, I, it, it's like a lot of things. I'm interested in an example where you're like, okay, yeah, that, that justifies the whole thing. But I, whatever, it's fine. It, they're kind of, you know, fun. they're heading in that path. And who knows, this might turn into Android compatibility at some point, you know. Maybe. And Paul, I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. Your users are on-premises. Your users are on the go. Your users are using on-premises Active Directory, and they're using Azure Active Directory. In all these cases, you still have the same problems. Windows is still Windows, your apps are still your apps, your browsers are still your browsers, and your users are still your users. Microsoft Group Policy, System Center, and Intune can only get you so far before you need to cry uncle. But don't panic. You've got Policy Pack. With Policy Pack, you get the power to manage applications and browsers on Windows 10, overcome application UAC prompts, block ransomware and unknownware, and dynamically configure the Windows 10 start screen, taskbar, and file associations. Policy Pack works alongside your on premises Active Directory and your Azure Active Directory. You owe it to yourself to see a demo of Policy Pack and then get started in just a few clicks. Learn how thousands of other admins enhance their Windows virtual desktop and remote work scenarios. Come to policypack.com to learn more. That's policypak.com. Policypack, securing your standards. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Paul Thorat. Uh, we talked a little about Windows 10X. I mean, from an IT's perspective, I've spending a lot of time locking down these workstations anyway. Like I'd really like to have an OS that was natively more secure. And there is a diversity of options now. Like I think the pandemic actually pushed up virtual Azure virtual desktop a bunch of notches. Like it was just sort of wandering around for a while. But as everybody sent their employees home and some apps just do not work through the VPN. Like they are sad through the VPN. You're trying to run the client on the local machine at the person's home and then VPN the communications through, not good. And so suddenly it was like, hey, I push this app into VDI running in Azure and you're just looking at it. And that, I, I mean, it's not a consumer thing at all, but from an IT perspective, like that suddenly became a very I mean, viable solution for legacy software. Yeah. I mean, you know, people who have been in Microsoft IT for a long time know that Microsoft had through MDOP, a variety of virtualization solutions, you know, and this might be almost 20 years ago now, uh, post Windows Server 2003, so whenever this was, but they that allowed you to run, you know, virtual environments. We're all familiar with that. A virtual window comes up, mm -hmm. you go full screen. It's like you're on the computer, but but also I think a, a really cool ability to run uh, just virtual apps locally, right? Uh, you there's right. something running in the background, of course, but I mean, you can bring down what appears to be an app. It appears in your start menu. 
Um, I think bringing that kind of thing to the cloud, that's the last mile problem. And that's the Win32 right. problem that's described. But, you know, maybe not for drivers necessarily, but uh, what if I it, Windows 10S is locked down, but I need to run Chrome? I'll just make up an example. And you could run that application virtually. You know, that's right. one solution to the problem. It's one possible solution. Uh, and yeah, you're right. It's still something I think um, even, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be more commercial than consumer. But I mean, why it could go consumer. There's no reason it couldn't. No, it, it mean, the reason to go consumer is the is the ransomware crisis, right? It's just the that the average consumer these this ransom these the security issue is only getting bigger. Um, we're we're clearly outnumbered and outgunned. You know, the FBI is now running around the world fixing people's machines against their will. It's it appears. So, you know, and it's crazy. And the crazy part is like that old story of if I just use an iPad, I don't have this problem. It's like because it doesn't have the apps, and that it had a more secure model from the outset. Because that's it's right. much younger. It's 2010. This, you know, that's the distinction. This is a conversation now that goes back over 10 years about the different approaches to this kind of mobile web trends that, you know, it's been going on since the iPhone. It's like, well, do you take something big and heavy like Windows and, and chip away, chip away, chip away and try to create like a, you know, thinner, uh, more streamlined, more efficient, reliable system? Or do you start from scratch with something small and add to it? And uh, I've always kind of argued it's probably easier to do the latter. And, um, right. Fortunately, you know, the, the platform I care most about is the former and, uh, right. we, we've seen the legacy of, um, near misses, I guess we'll call them. Well, I, I appreciate they keep trying, right? Uh, like these, yeah. the easiest thing in the world, we do a dead drop, build a brand new thing, Yeah. but that's never succeeded for them. Right. I, uh, I always think of windows Vista and, uh, mm. what a, uh, what a cluster that was. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and if you know the history of it, you know, that Windows Vista was essentially developed in 18 months and pushed out the door and, and Windows 7 in many ways was Vista Service Pack 2. You know, they had a lot of work to do mm -hmm. on the performance and compatibility too, I guess. But yeah, the thing that bothered me about Vista, you know, wasn't that they didn't fulfill the Longhorn vision. It wasn't that, you know, the result was kind of let it, you know, landed hard and maybe it was bad timing, unfortunately, with iPhone coming out as well. But but rather that Microsoft would not take chances in the future, you know, that this failure was so epic that it might not want to take chances. And then when does it happen and prove me right. wrong again? <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, again, yeah. Uh, like Vista was very much a self-inflicted wound, yeah. right? They went off and did their own thing and went kind of nuts and eventually had to ship to, to deal with licensing requirements. That's fine. Eight was a response to the iPad. It was a threat. Yeah. Like, you know, Steven Sanofsky, bless his heart, justified everything he did around the iPad represents the doom. We got to get to this. I, I don't think he was right, but I understand the belief. I do think the man went to work every day thinking he was saving the company. Yeah. Uh I, I look, there are many examples and it will stick to the history of Microsoft where you kind of have this choice to make and you can go one of two directions. You know, you and I uh, mentioned media center. I can't remember now if it was during the show or before, but, um, <laughs> choice at, the, okay. the choice at that time was, do we make it a standalone console type box like the Xbox? And you got to remember this was original Xbox at the time. This was the yeah, very early, not a lot of horsepower or do you do it on a computer, which is something Microsoft understood so much better and, and could have done a better job with the software and they chose the latter. And I think looking back on it, you think, well, 
you know, maybe a smaller device would have made sense if they could have done it at the time, uh, which they probably could right. And Windows 8 yeah. is a lot like that. I mean, you see the threat of the iPad. Well, how do you how do you respond to that? And Sanofsky's answer was, you take the greatest asset we have at the time, although it was in decline already by that point, and you mm-hmm. make it work like that instead of doing something new. And right. was that the right response? I mean, I, you know, they probably couldn't have made something new successful, which we know from the something new they made well, like Windows Phone that was not successful. I also wonder how a guy like Steven Sanofsky, and I'd love to have him on that interview, looked at yeah. something like, the Courier Project, JLR's thing. They got all the way to a final prototype and was ready to go to manufacturing, and then they killed it. And it was genuinely new. That's right. So, so again, you're like you're you're living in the weirdo umbrella that is inside of Microsoft. And you know, you and I sit right beside that bubble, looking at it, going, "You guys know it's weird in there, right?" We, we can feel the uh, shot <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's right there, yeah. right? You, you understand how the weird exists. That that has to weigh on you. Hey, every time someone tries to do something from scratch around here, they get creamed. I've got to work with, you know, I've got to work with protecting the crown jewels and the crown jewels are windows at that time. I I think Sanofsky, if you kind of boil that era down to brass tacks, the big issue there was the not invented here syndrome. He might have made that, turned that into some kind of a endemic problem that nothing that wasn't invented here is okay. And if you know the history of this, you know the timing. They had a Windows Phone UX that I always thought, and to this day still think, would have been wonderful in a tablet-sized device. That you have the mm-hmm. um, experiences that spread across, uh, like a panorama across multiple screens on a tablet could be one screen, and it would be beautiful. Yeah, it would have been beautiful, and uh, that could have been an application that ran on full Windows if that's what you wanted to do. Um, you could have had a tablet OS, and they just didn't go in that direction. Uh, I, the, the Stacy had an accident on her paddleboard and turned out her waterproof bag for a phone, not waterproof. And so needed a phone abruptly as you do. Mm-hmm. I powered up my, my Lumia 980 still holds a charge. <laughs> and you know what? That's good. That she didn't use it by the way. I, she took the one plus over the 980 because <laughs> at least it ran Android. Still a gorgeous phone. Still the best UI in the space. And you're right. That those smart tiles could have made a fantastic tablet interface. It's everything w- that Win8 ever wanted to be. And and you know, we can get a little more specific, you know, come down from a mile high, but I mean, okay, they didn't do that, but how do you make Windows 8 and not have it be app, app compatible, have it not be the same underlying platform? How yeah. Do the thing that they tried to do several years later with Windows 10. And the one Windows vision where you could use UWP at the time to write an app that would run across all of those Windows-based platforms, right? Yes. Uh, it sounds good. You know, it is in its own way a kind of a write once, run almost anywhere, run anywhere Microsoft, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah which is just not that many plays. Yeah. yeah. They, it was the ultimate error. They kept, and they kept using, I mean, how many times is UWP used for what was actually a different thing? Oh, no, this is what UWP means now. Still, t- wait, you wait, know, wait, wait. Next year, I, <laughs> this is <laughs> right. I mean, Project Reunion is Windows or uh, yeah, UWP on well, optionally on the desktop. Great, right, right. <laughs> you know, well, and, and over on the dev side, I look at all these initiatives as they're trying to get to one XAML again after being so fragmented. Yes, I, and uh, and they try. You know, they tried to 
Windows Phone 8 was that attempt on the phone to get to one platform. That was the, or I guess Windows Phone, I'm sorry, Windows Mobile 10 by the time we got there. Uh, you know, make it match up with Windows 10. It's it's a good idea. It would have been a good idea mm-hmm. a few years earlier. Uh, it would have been a good idea when they started Windows 10 to maybe go in that direction. Because um, Windows 10, you know, I, I've been revisiting this recently. And if you go back and look at the original announcement, this would have been probably... Uh, end of September 2014, if I remember correctly, you know, it was a return to the desktop, you know, like we might have skewed a little too much to touch first UI in Windows 8. Uh, we're going to bring back the desktop. Fair. Yeah. And But here's this app platform, which was based on uh, probably the WinRT app platform, whatever it was called in Windows 8. Uh, it's just another generation of that. It's like, well, that's not, that's not the desktop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's. Well, and, and I remember that in, in uh, Server 2008, too, like that sort of weirdo dichotomy. This is a server. Why do I have icons the size of my fist on my server? Like, this is this is nutty. I don't need a touch interface here. There is no touch here. Stop it. No greater side effect of the Sanofsky era than uh, the client team taking over control of core windows and forcing UX on server. I, I, it's just uh, the opposite uh, if you if it has to be one way, you, you put the core in charge of you know the server guys in charge of core, <laughs> you know, right for obvious reasons. Hey, uh, have you done anything with twenty twenty two with server twenty twenty two? I've done a couple of shows on it. You know, the Windows team doesn't talk much out in public these days. They're tough to converse with. So I'm you know talking to MVPs and folks like that. But. No, I haven't. I mean, I I, I kind of watch this from afar. So, you know, since I left Windows IT Pro and and kind of went out on my own, I focus more on the consumer stuff, but. I'm actually a little, and again, this is from a mile away, but I'm a little confused by the direction of server. I mean, I know that by necessity that server is going to follow a path like they did with server core, where you're going to focus on core workloads because a lot of it's going to be up in the cloud now, or you're at least going to be a hybrid install. We only need some of that stuff locally. Um, And I get that. But if you look at how they structured the insider program for server, it's a little confusing what's what you know what does this map to what am i you know and they because server releases are spread out much further than you know client releases well major server releases um it's it's hard to know where you're at <laughs> with stuff you know yeah um to me so i i and again i I'm, i it's not something i look at every day but every time i kind of dive into it because i am interested I, i'm like i don't what is what are they doing here what is this mm-hmm. you know, i know they have what is, I get it. Like it's, it's, you know, it's important, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how important it is. I know. I, you know like, because, well, because <laughs> I don't say it's important. <laughs> You're going to yeah. the guys who know it's who it is important to. Right. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. There are, there are group people. It's very important to, uh, but yeah, we're, we were all sitting back and watching 2022 and saying, what do I need here? I, you know, yeah, security's number one. That was true last time, right? It, oh, works well with the cloud. Also true last time. <laughs> you know, like, wait, I've heard that one before. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The bigger thing is the, the container story could be better, but I almost wonder if Windows containers is no longer relevant because you run Linux containers. Right. Right. Like I, I really don't know the answer to that, and uh, uh, and I'm watching closely because I'm very I'm very interested. I think if they can get the client using containers routinely, so that containerization of software is just a way to go, all of that becomes more relevant on the server side, which is hilarious to me 
Because for a long time, we really looked at this. If you build server, because that's the staple of reliable. And from that comes yeah. a desktop of some kind for the enterprise. But suddenly it almost like it's reversed. Yeah. When the server went from being Batman to being Robin, you know? I, yeah. It's just, it's a weird demotion. It's hard to understand. I mean, it's not hard to understand, but it's it's tough, you know, when you've been around for a while. And they used to, you know, they used to be better together. Remember, they would release these things side by side. And the new mm-hmm. version of Windows would have features that would... Uh, what they used to say, light up features for Windows Server, you know? Yeah. Well, it was one common code base, yep. and it's literally, you know, some switches, and you're running a desktop version, you're running a server version. That's right. Uh, and now I think that the, the differences are getting larger. It is more core-centric. You you shouldn't be RDPing into that machine at all, right? It's all Windows Admin Center now to, right. to configure and yep. operate, and, and and there's no other way to get at it, right? Or right, or if you're brave and you love Snover, you're writing a lot of PowerShell. <laughs> Like, you know, I love you Snow, can go that way too. Writing a lot of um, yeah. Well. You know, I, uh, yeah. And, and hopefully what you're, you know, if it's a bigger company, you're going to have some uh, dashboard that has all of your uh, resources. And this, a lot of those are going to be in the cloud and some of them are going to be local and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, great. <laughs> but I, I, you know, it's just, it's not what it was. You know, Windows Server used to be yeah. the be all end all. But I also think, are we just looking at the fact that the operating system is no longer the focus of, the industry. Yeah. It's not just Microsoft. And it, and I suspect it was actually true many, many years ago. It's just absolutely apparent now as we worry about the cloud as and as we, we presume interoperability, we get annoyed when it doesn't happen. And, uh, and we expect apps to, to exist in all those places. You know, the idea that Clubhouse didn't have an Android app, it's insane. I know that's crazy. That that's crazy. Yeah. And by this time this comes out, apparently it will have ended, but still it's like, what? I I don't know if this qualifies as insight, but we were talking to a friend from the family who's going uh, back to school to become a nurse. And she uh, bought a Chromebook and she asked me a question about printing. And I said, uh, why why did you buy a Chromebook? And she said, well, I I can't afford a Mac, you know? And I said, okay. I said, I have 27 Windows computers in my house. Do you want one of them? And she says, she said, I swear to God, that's what she said. I don't really have space for that kind of thing. And I said, no, no, it's a laptop. It's the same size as the Chromebook. And she she's she, she I, I don't think she understood this was a thing. No. And I think the space statement might have been mental, actually. Yeah. Not physical. Well, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me know if you change your mind. <laughs> you know, um, you can return the Chromebook, keep it. I don't care. I mean, I'll look up your yeah, printing. But I, li- I am literally surrounded with machines. You can have, have any one. number yeah, I'm of trying them, to downsize please. Um, but yeah. the point of that, though, is I think to a, a normal person out in the world, um, you know, the phone is the be all and end all of everything they do. There are certain things you can't yeah. do on the phone or they're just easier to do on a bigger screen. And some of that is solved with an mm-hmm. iPad or a tablet. And uh, some of it is solved by attaching a computer to a some or sorry, a keyboard to something. I would use a laptop personally, but maybe use a tablet. And you you have a bigger screen you can type, and you can do that yeah. on iPads if you want. If you, that's what you you know, if that's the direction you choose. And uh, I think by the time you get you know to, to a Windows laptop, it's like, well, you're not really anyone's first choice here, are you? <laughs> you know, um, and that's. <laughs> but I think you also speak to the. There's a perception of this is an enterprise thing. That's yes. for businesses. Yeah. It's large. It's clunky. Oh, yeah, my parents it's used beige. to use that. I remember those. Yeah, you know, I remember those. I used that to yeah. get on AOL in the '90s. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's to say, they haven't changed. Um, 
So, uh, you know, uh, there's, I think there's that perception, but you know, the, everything you've said so far about this kind of thing from the right one, or, uh, right once run anywhere aspect of the web and op- operating systems not mattering is, uh, is absolutely the, absolutely true. It, it is, yeah. if anything, more true on Windows in some ways, right? And I think it's just a Arguably. reflection of the, the time it came up, its longevity, and the fact that the market has gone in this different direction with mobile devices, and Microsoft doesn't really play a role there. Yeah, and to be clear, it doesn't matter to the consumer of the technology. For us in IT, yeah, we care a lot, yeah. and we need to. Yep. But if you ever wondered why the, the, the user keeps staring at you funny when you worry <laughs> about these things, there's a reason. It's just not even on their radar anymore. <sighs> You know, I, I don't do IT support, so I don't want to appear to be uh, arrogant or <laughs> negligent or whatever. But um, I, we have the technology today to um, protect those devices and make sure corporate data is not stolen. And you can uh, manage individual Microsoft apps if that's what you want to yeah. do. Um, and it shouldn't matter too much if, you know, Bob over here wants to use an iPad and Mary over here wants to use a Mac. Or some people want to use Windows computers and some people are doing stuff on phones. From a, I don't know, management security perspective, it shouldn't matter too much. Um, yeah, and 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 arguably, we I I was looking at Windows 10x with that ITI yes. going, hey, is this my low touch, low yep. sec, you know automatic secure by default desktop yep. OS? Yep. That yeah, I'll green I'll whitelist in a handful of older apps if I need to. Everything else is coming from the store anyway. Right. Right. And I don't have to go through the rituals of local admin lockdown and all of those sorts of problems because that the, the, the attack surface on this thing is so much smaller. I mean, I, I, it's probably fair, too, to say today as 10 years ago or more, I mean, there's a, a large audience in the Microsoft space, especially in the commercial part of it, that runs Office, and that's pretty much it. And so Windows RT wouldn't mm-hmm. solve that problem, actually, in back then. Yes. Uh, Windows 10s could solve it today. Um for sure, you know, for a lot of people, for some people anyway. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I hear from those people regularly, you know, this works fine for me and that's fine. But I think, you know, IT, just like the world in general, has to be a little more uh, flexible, you know, to support yeah. different people who have different well, needs and it, or expectations. And then you get into like, hey, you know what? Office runs on the iPad now. I know. And it runs on a Chromebook now. Hey, like, And so if I want a low surface machine and I'm prepared to deal with, a, you know, no AD around that sort of stuff, go there. Right. Like, we, we, yep. we don't need to fight this anymore. It may not be relevant anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when you install, I, I use a non-domain connected Windows computer every day. And when I install mm-hmm. Teams, you know, Teams gives me the option, like uh, some store apps do this as well. Um, we can manage your computer if you want. Oh, just this app? You sure? Because we can manage the computer. <laughs> you know, they, they, we're happy to they help you. literally <laughs> open this computer up to management from my my company, which I have to, I don't know if you've seen my company, you, you, we don't want that. <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, and that's that cape, the, the ability to manage an app on a mobile platform is fairly resilient and common. I would say, or, you know, easy, right. not easy, maybe, uh, impossible to implement. That's mm-hmm. all. I don't want to under <laughs> undermine people's hard work here, but. Well, and I also wonder if Microsoft's not that incented anymore. That yeah. re- really, when it comes to that reliability and so forth, like run virtual desktop, consume Azure is like that's their motivation, especially yeah. for enterprise. That's right. To yeah. just consume more Azure, that's the solution. You know, whatever's 
you, we could be running all iPads or all stripped down Chromebooks and all this sort of thing. And mm. they're just going to VDIs and it's all in the cloud and that makes Microsoft happy and really answers those IT questions too. It does reduce the attack surface and so forth. You get into some weird stuff though. You know, the, the pandemic obviously triggered this massive movement of people to their homes. We're all working from home. I had huge concerns. Yep. Last year when this happened, my son was coming back from college and I'm thinking to myself, he's going to be playing video games. He's going to be doing all this stuff. And I ran an Ethernet. Yep. I, I had been purely wireless here, and I ran Ethernet into my office uh, just to prepare myself for this. What I thought was going to be a bandwidth onslaught, and uh, mm -hmm. my the inability of RCN in my case to deal with it. And that never happened. It was fine. <laughs> we didn't have any meltdowns. But you know, if the entire world was set up to do VDI, would that have been a problem? <laughs> you know, during yeah, would that would that have been more bandwidth or less bandwidth than trying to do all that stuff remotely? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. I do know from the pandemic series from last year, talking to folks like Ed Horley, that the utilization of IPv6 jumped up dramatically from work from home because the where the home ISPs are far more V6 than the business ISPs. Well. Uh, and that actually, in some ways, helped the network quite a bit. That's funny because retroactively, that's obvious. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah duh. <laughs> that's <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it is it, these kind of interesting phenomenons, right? I I presume in the next few months there will be the next version of the next Windows. Yeah. Um, so we always kind of push this back because we're never really sure when it's going to happen. Originally we kind of figured it would be around build. The indication now that is that it probably won't be. Although we didn't mm -hmm. know they were going to announce what they announced today as we're recording this, Microsoft made that 10 X announcement where they basically said it's yeah. not dead, but yeah, it's not, um, it's, it's not even pining <laughs> for the fjords anymore. So you right? do that ahead of when you're going to make the good news announcement. And that makes sense. And right. they buried it in a big blog post about other stuff. It would, you'd have to really look for it to find it. Um, mm -hmm. and Microsoft makes, uh, announcements outside of their shows of course like i found it odd earlier this year when they did the second ignite they announced microsoft viva ahead of ignite it seemed like the thing you would that why wouldn't you announce that at ignite i thought that was a little odd yeah no i i i'm always savvy to the it's a very big organization with plenty yeah. of politics internally you know i would argue i don't know if the windows team could even get minutes out of a keynote much less a session to build at this point in time. Right. So and now when I saw that Viva announcement, my thought was, wow, the Office team, the Office 365 team lost an argument with the Ignite guys and decided to, all right, we'll just do it ourselves. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that could be. <laughs> um, the other way to look at it might be that there's so much to announce in the Microsoft 365 space and specifically in the team space that there just wasn't room for you know just the, they were running yeah. out of space I don't but, know. and i think all of those things are true yeah. right that you're wrestling for visibility and it come you know and while we're recording this google io is going on right 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 and so like the six products they sell all clearly <laughs> messaged right meantime at microsoft there's 400 like i don't know yeah. how you make one event about anything well yeah microsoft uh, pr these days is structured i think to help the share price, right? So they talk a lot about the cloud. They talk a lot about Azure, Azure growth and yeah. that kind of stuff. And um, as, as well, they should. In the end, that's the product, it, right? That's, it, the, that's the business they're actually in. Uh, Bill, being a developer show, um, yes, uh, obviously Azure is going to have a big uh, place there. But mm -hmm. I, I still feel like Windows Office, you know, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. It could be, should be. And I, I, and I don't, I'd have to really, I'd have to research this. I don't remember last time that Windows played a big role at 
build. It's been a while. Yeah. You know? Much less Ignite. I mean, it's been years. Right. Uh, you know, and, and it should play a bigger role at Ignite more than it's it like would, would at, where's at Waldo. You, you know, you look at the session list and you're like, where are they actually going to, you know, provide a little bit of news here? Uh, yeah. Windows. I mean, and where are they going to talk about this? Yeah. And it's there, but it's not much. And, uh, anyway, yeah. the, look, there is a major new version of windows 10 coming. Uh, and all we really know is that they're working on the UI, which is fantastic. It's necessary. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it needs a refresh. Yeah. Yeah. We're still waiting, you know, <laughs> We'll see. Well, I think we were sufficiently grumpy and old this week. <laughs> don't you think? Look, I, I should just say, because I don't want this to be just complete. I love Windows, right? This is yeah. the reason. We, we only complain about the stuff we care about. That's right. right? I, I, If this was something I didn't care about, who cares? You know, I wouldn't care what they were doing yeah, wrong with Windows, it. but I care. Yeah. You know, I want them to get this right. So I have realistic but hopeful expectations, you know, for <laughs> Sun Valley and the next version of Windows 10. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. It'll be another time around. Yep. Paul Thoreau, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. <laughs>